The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Texas is known for a lot of things. Vodka was not one of them. It is now, and it's all thanks to Tito's Handmade Vodka. Today, we talk to Theo Hall. We talk about Big Boy, Killer Mike, parties, dogs, and good old vodka. All that and more today on The Marketing Mad Men. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to The Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Job. Happy Saturday. Welcome to The Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino with you. And, um... You know, uh, season two uh, keeps rolling along, and now we've got, uh, I think we've got a fun new series coming up. That we do. And, uh, you know, we did a little bit in, uh, in season one on the uh, beer and spirits industry, but uh, we haven't kicked that off yet this yeah. year. So it is, you know, it's that time. It's uh, spring, it's, uh, everything's it's in the air, time, and it's right. drinking time. So, uh, Nick, I know you got a friend of yours, and yep. uh, why don't uh, you introduce uh, Theo, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, so... Um, we, what, one of the topics now covers marketing. It covers just success stories, American success stories. There's a lot to cover here. Um, but the spirits industry has changed a lot, just like most things. Uh, COVID changed a lot of it, a lot of supply issues, a lot of those things. Um, but at its core, in this country in the past decade, I could not imagine a more successful brand uh, marketing product. It, it pretty much created a market itself uh, than Tito's Handmade Vodka. And we have Theo Hall here from Tito's uh, to talk through kind of the, the past, the present, and the future of the brand and, and kind of what we see for some trends. So Theo, happy to have you. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. So what 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 was it, man? I mean, again, if you talk about it, in my history, in my, what I remember, it was Patron and Tito's were the two brands that just came out of absolutely nowhere. Now, yep. I was living in Vegas when Patron came about. That probably changed it, and it was actually made in Vegas, and it was just always at nightclub. Insane. But talk about Tito's, how it has become this brand that everyone's trying to duplicate, how many Texas vodkas there are now. What was the perfect storm that made that happen? Oh, yeah. So you just mentioned Texas vodkas. That was a fun thing that when Tito got his start, everybody thought he was crazy. You know, vodkas weren't made in Texas. Yeah. And there he was in Austin. Um, where he was born and raised, and he just was like, oh, I see all these other small batch distilleries popping up. Little did he know they weren't really small distilleries up there in Tennessee. Um, sure. There were really just other <laughs> brands going on. But he's like, I can do this. You know, he was a geophysicist by trade and uh, knew the science behind it and decided to go to the library, find out how to make his own stills because he had wow. to look at pictures back in the day. He couldn't just go on the Internet and see how to do it. But he made his own stills. Um built a distillery out what towards year, the what airport. What year was this about? Oh, this was 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Oh, Last year, okay. we celebrated our 25th anniversary. Great. Wow. Um, so, yeah, cheers to 25 years yeah. to Tito. Um, but, yeah, the first guy to do a vodka in Texas. And from there, you know, people from Texas, they love everything Texas. Right. Word got out. And yeah. it just started to spread. He it, said, it also followed the timeline of Austin just growing from a nothing town to like yes. one of the most booming places in the country. I mean, I've been numerous times, and every time I go, I'm like, 
Yeah. Man, this is a weird anomaly in the state of Texas that this I'm, is here. It is just right? such Austin has its own culture. I mean, the I'm, Keep Austin weird thing. I think the first time I was there, I saw six people dancing naked in a fountain. <laughs> and like someone tried to stop them. And they're like, Keep Austin uh, weird. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I could get behind this. I know. Oh, well, I'm going to be there just in a week or two. So, but uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, and I think it sounds like it's it, a very authentic story but then i think trying to get across that it's authentic vodka when yeah. you're in from texas and no one's used to that that had to be an interesting uh you know marketing dilemma oh yeah i mean shoot when i started I've been with the brand a little over eight years ago um i had people ask me oh tito's yeah it must be a tequila right just right. from the name no absolutely yeah, not. yeah that's yeah. crazy it makes sense too because you know people when they when until they know it as a household name spirits are not industry right you ask for you don't there's very few things you ask for you know jack and coke things like that right, and correct. i know uh because tito's has becoming one of those you ask for tito's and <laughs> something and that once you cross to that level Fine. and i remember it's actually a very funny story we were in savannah and i was with my mother in savannah one of those dive bars along the river there uh -huh. and we're in a bar and it is just a complete crap hole and my mom goes I think I'm on a pomegranate martini. I go, Mom, they are not making you a freaking pomegranate martini here. I go, shut up and have a Tito's and cranberry like a normal person. So she comes over, she gets a Tito's and cranberry. To this day, she has not drank anything but Tito's and cranberry from that one time. So that is an example of every bar has it. And that's the first step. You're on yeah. the menus, all that stuff. But what I find fascinating is that if you look at the spirits industry, whiskey has come so big the barriers to entry to make whiskey are ungodly high because of the aging the bottling the stills yeah. at its core vodka is easy to make vodka is a neutral spirit which is distilled very easily now don't get me wrong the filtering there's processes there's proprietary things but mm -hmm. how was nobody else making vodka in america to this capacity until that point right i don't know i guess people just hadn't thought about it you know tito he really was the first person to have a a, a micro distillery um and for him it was a little niche market, you know, the, the Russian vodka that was over here was dominating the market. Right. And he found a little niche and he said, you know, if I can make a vodka that a woman can drink straight without having to mix or chase, then I think I could be onto something. Right. So he bought a bunch of brands that were on the market, tried them all versus his. And when he finally had the right mix with corn, Sure. Right. And that's where that biophysicist that, that had to Geophysicist, help there. Absolutely. Yeah. That had that had to help. Well, there. and that's you know, that's the idea of finding that niche. And in this case, maybe even a super niche. Yeah. In that, you know, um, initially targeting the female market. Correct. And how do we serve them with something different? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no one was doing it. He had to have a good palate, too, because I don't care what anyone oh, says. True. Most people are not tasting the difference between 10 vodkas. Right. I mean, it's built to be a neutral spirit on purpose. So if he can actually distinguish his, which I'm sure he had a bunch of it. Correct. Uh, he had a good palate also. And I think that's that, that palatability is what he's looking for. It's not maybe marketing to him, but if they can drink it, too, I'm opening up a whole nother segment of the market right there. Correct. Yeah, that's it. Again, it's I'm sure there's so much more. Um, so let's look at the growth trajectory. What would you say was about the time where the trajectory really started taking off 10 years in? What was the frame where it started? And again, I'm trying to remember in my own head, but, you know, for some reason, because I was drinking Tito's, it's all blurry. Uh, <laughs> what, what, give us the timeline of when you think this really started kind of that upward exponential trajectory. I think about five or six years ago is when it really took off. Um, we had a lot of success, especially getting on a few different airlines, um, okay. which helped with trial sure. throughout the United States. Um, and then by that point, you know, we had asked, once you try Tito's, tell 10 of your closest friends about it. And you talked about exponentially. Yeah. 
Oh, it took off about yeah. five or six years ago, definitely. Yeah, and everyone started asking for it, which means everyone had to carry it, which means you're in rapid expansion. Correct. Every, every liquor store has to have it, then every bar has to have it, then the suppliers have to do it. And who, who are you guys distributed by in, in Atlanta here? Uh, here in the state of Georgia, it's Savannah Distributing Savannah. Company. So okay. they are just, their infrastructure has got to build exponentially just to keep up with the demand and the pace of it. So mm -hmm. they're growing. And that's one of the things I actually love about the spirit industry. And most people don't know, but the three-tier system allows the suppliers, the wholesalers, and the C-store people to all make money. And yes. there's been more yep. wealth created by the distributor distributors than I've ever seen. I know some of the guys here, the you know the guys that own Georgia Crown in general, and I mean, family transitional generational mm -hmm. wealth is created from distributing this stuff. So there has been a ton of wealth generated in this coming because of this industry. Oh yeah, wealth generated and a lot of jobs created. Um, there are a lot of sales, somebody's got to sell it. Yeah. You know? So they've been able to uh, grow their sales team a lot, which is wonderful. What's your percentage of on-premise versus off-premise? Oh, on-premise versus off-premise. I think we're about 30% on-premise to 70% off-premise. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and on-premise on versus off-premise just means in a bar, a liquor store, yeah. a restaurant, or in a, a restaurant and bar, or at a liquor store where Correct. you buy it for consumption in your house. Probably changed a little bit during COVID, I have to imagine, that those numbers. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything shut down. Yeah. You know, a lot that, more was a, that was a scary time for a us. A lot more home mixologists, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Talk about mixed drinks. Yeah. Let's have some fun with that. So what are some of the most unique ones you've seen? What are, I'm sure you guys do bartending competitions. What are oh, some yeah. of the, what are some of the ones, what are most popular? Let's talk about some of those. Oh, well, uh, the bartenders will tell you that a Tito's and vodka is the drink that gets called for the most. That's amazing. <laughs> um, really? Which is silly. <laughs> oh yeah. The people are trying to say Tito's soda. It's late in the evening and oh, Tito's and vodka. Oh. Um, no, the, basically a Tito's soda with lime is delicious. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my go-to. That's my go-to. Um, Tito's and cranberry also, if you're just going to talk, you know, basic drinks. Um, but right now, the espresso martini is on fire Okay, everywhere that you look. I cover national accounts for Tito's Handmade Vodka, and a majority of my national accounts are putting it on the menu, and it's their top-selling drink at the moment. Wow. wow. And they got a little so, yeah. caffeine too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So what's in the uh, espresso An espresso martini? martini? Yeah. Um, Tito's, espresso, uh, depend, depends if you want cream, a little bit of Kahlua sometimes. Okay. Um, Cafe Borghetti is another, you know, coffee liqueur that's going into these. Um, but it's it's popping up on every menu so in the United strong. States. You, you didn't mention many things oh, to water this down. So you're talking yeah, real it's martini. Got, it's got yeah. a little bit of a kick. Yeah, that's awesome. What about some of the more, you know, you talk about your mules and stuff like that. Are those things still trendy? Are, are people yeah. going crazy yeah. and making oh, yes. more? I mean, because, you know. Look, the the I think we're at the summer end. will be here before we know it. So I, it's, you know. I just I just you got to talk fruity drinks yeah. in this. I think I think you're near the end of the real mixology era. I mean, it was a long era, man. You're talking about these mixologists for 10, 15 years now have rain charging thirty eight dollars yeah. for a drink because they're using a jigger and 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 hand lighting the basil on fire and slapping yep. in and smoking a drink into yeah. it. Do you see that continuing? And have there been drinks that have begun popularity from that kind of craft, um, you know, bartender movement? Actually, I do see it continuing, and here's why. Everybody was stuck at home for a year, right? They, they weren't going out. They how bad out. they were at it. <laughs> they realized how bad they were. That's why you see uh, margaritas, number one, in the United States, and basic cocktails like a Tito's soda, because people learned how to make those at home. But now that they're getting back out, you're going to look for more shareable cocktails mm -hmm. okay. in groups, right? Okay. Um, so look for that on menus. But 
flair bartending has always been a thing. That's true. And it's yeah. a lot of fun when you go out and you're out with friends and you see a bartender throwing bottles up in the air making those cool cocktails. Yeah. yeah. Especially that first drink, you know. Yeah. Night, Absolutely. I mean, we did it. We were up at uh, in Roswell on Kent Street uh, a couple weeks ago and, you know, the four of us and everyone got something different and the drink started, you know, just passing around a little bit. Yeah. See what they were, so. I guess I'm a purist at heart, and that's yeah. probably I'm with you, man. Tito, you got to do a Tito's and soda water, probably double Tito's, one splash of soda water, lemon lime <laughs> is is the good stuff. Whiskey on the rocks, I'm not for that. But what about trends? Do you see vodka growing up, down? Where do you see that going? Yes, right now um, I see vodka still trending up in the United States. You know, the brown spirits movement was big for a long time. Tequila is trending in the United States as well right now. Yeah. So what about gin? I've been, I've, I've been heard about freaking gin for the past ten years. Yeah, gin was going to make a one, move. One person it was make, it was going to make a is move. It, uh, is it, uh, is it, is it become anything of a threat? Or are they still just making gin for no reason? Uh, there are there's a group of people that really like gin, and they're your gin drinkers. And I think yeah. Yeah, and most of them are old timey Brits. They're, they're Canadian <laughs> with their they're old timey uh, <laughs> Brits with six no. teeth that are brown. But anyway, well, uh, you know, it's we'll get into that a little bit when we come back from the break. But you know, kind of want to get into uh, as well some of the things that uh, you know how you think about your marketing how you go after some of these target markets so uh, there's just some neat stories I think yeah, that sure. has done so uh, you are listening to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 and we'll be right back now back to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 FM Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here with um, Theo Hall of uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka. You know, we're talking about a lot of the trends going on, and um, you've just celebrated 25 years at uh, Tito's. Yep, thank you. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the ways that uh, you've gotten that message out and uh, some of the, the target markets. I mean, it's, I think it's some unique stories. That uh, it's more than just the female market. Um, you know, I think one of the ones that uh, I one of the first times I think I heard was kind of the uh, um, you know the vodka for dog people. So tell tell us how did that come about first off, and then maybe get into a little more of the of the program. Oh yeah. Um, first of all, the vodka for dog people program isn't something that we just decided on to sell vodka. Right. Helping dogs has been in our DNA since day one, when Tito built his shack on the outskirts of Austin. And dogs just started showing up. You know, one day he looked outside, he saw paw prints, and he was like, huh, I don't think Dog Joe did this. It must have been yeah. another dog. So he put out food and water, and before you know it, a bunch of strays showed up. And since day one, we have now helped rescue over 130 dogs from our distillery in Austin, Texas. Wow. wow. Yeah, we partnered with a, a great group called Emancipet. They're in Austin. Um, they have a mobile vet that drives around, kind of like the blood mobile you see driving around. Yeah. So they can go to different markets um, that people need help with spays, neuters, shots, etc. Um, and we help them out. They're, it's a wonderful cause. And uh, a lady named Beth Belanti down in Austin on our team created it. And uh, yeah, it wasn't just something that a, a marketing group sure. <laughs> you know, came up with for us. It, it was literally real life scenarios that... Uh, that's how we came up with our Vodka for Dog People program. Yeah, and that probably caught the timeline really well, right? Because you also look, the popularity of pets is just skyrocketing. Oh, everyone I mean, loves I dogs. I had a whole it's thing about just the insurance for pets alone. And like, <clears throat> so you caught the right time. But again, like you said, you're not following the lead. You're not having a marketing agency come up with it. 
you guys were leading the charge of this, which is always where the most organic right. marketing comes out. So I have to imagine that that's another affinity you capitalized on, right? People oh, yeah. hear about this. Now, now all of a sudden dog lovers are like, well, this is the only thing I'm going to drink. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we've, we've expanded. We've helped out with dog transport across the country when, you know, you need to go to a certain vet. Um, we've helped out with stray maternity wards, adoption. You know, we throw adoption parties on uh, outside of bars. You know, we'll have our, our Tito's set up there with our vodka for dog people right. stand. And then we'll have a local shelter come out with dogs and just do impromptu um, dog adoption events. That's awesome. And they go wow. really, really well. And it's a lot of fun when you're outside and it's, you know, 80 degrees, you got a cocktail in your yeah, hand man. and all of a sudden you're adopting a puppy. That is a great you know segue. You know, one of the things that's changed over the past 10, 15 years is just the difference of what a bar is seen as, right? I mean, if you look 25 years ago, you're like dark, smoky, like, and now all of a sudden they're bringing kids and dogs, every <laughs> distillery and yeah. every brewery and bars are built with picnic tables and areas yeah, so you fun. can bring your kids. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, I do it all the time. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, you yeah. still got to drive home. You still got to keep control, but, but that is, that, that's an, again, another other timeline this has changed to where you're not targeting maybe those same you know they used to always say what five percent of the audience drink 95 percent of the booze i think that's changed a lot <laughs> yeah. and it's opened up to more of a social day drinking activity um so that I wonder is how many dogs are named tito now oh it's funny so we actually <laughs> on our website you can you can look up dogs named tito yeah. um we do a special <laughs> to them on our website we'll put their picture up on our vodka for dog people web page um, there are quite a few dogs named Tito. That's cool. I can imagine. That's, yeah, our, that's organic true. marketing, man. I mean, again, it, it, it kind of developed into what it is, but and that's something that's really hard to fake. And I think that's what we're talking about a lot here. A lot of these Very topics authentic. are authentic, and when you try to duplicate them, you that, that's where people lose out because you can't fake these things, which is mm -hmm. probably also why this has been such a successful brand. Um, so talk a little bit about seltzer so uh, i know we're catching the end the end trend of it thank god because it yeah. was never my it was never my thing they're like but it's healthy i'm like uh there's more calories and it's worse for you than miller light i don't know what's healthy about uh, that but anyway so talk about it talk about how because at its core really you're just talking about a, a neutral light tasting beverage that kind of has a lot of the qualities of the vodka and soda we're talking about how did you market against it is it something that you ever thought about jumping in the trend um and and where do you see that industry going versus you guys oh so this is a fun one so our VP of marketing, his name's Taylor Berry. Uh, he came up with this idea of having empty Tito's cans that look like seltzer cans, but they're just empty. And we sold them for $20 a piece on our website. We sold out of them in 48 hours, right? We donate all the money from our web store to charity, which is wonderful. But we sold out of these things in 48 hours. And his idea was, you know, we don't really succumb to trends that everybody else is jumping on the bandwagon of. We do one thing, we do it right, so that's what we're going to stick with. So we came out with this campaign of Tito's in a can. You can make your own, you can use your own fresh ingredients to make a drink the way that you want to. Right. Um, and it's not something that you're going to go find in stores. But it was it was a fun campaign cool. also because yeah. you have no idea how many phone calls that I got. Oh, my gosh, Tito's is making a seltzer. No, guys, you don't understand. It's just an empty That's a, can. That is a PR stunt at its finest. Yeah. And, oh, again, that is this is the, the purest form of marketing. And, again, like let's, let's call us what it is. Like anyone who's listening right now, you can't fake this stuff. You can't mm -hmm. go out and be like, well, let's try that. It's just never going to work. If this no. stuff does not go organically, it's yeah. never going to work. And it, You have to I, have some confidence. You have to have, um, you know, be a little bit willing to be tongue-in-cheek and say – 
we're different and we're going to stay different. And you have to know who you're yeah, going yeah. after also, yeah. right? Like at a core, a purist of vodka is like, I'm not drinking seltzer. It's yeah. not happening. And if I am, it doesn't have enough booze. So I'm going to top it off with some vodka before I go oh, out the door. You see a lot of that too. So you see a lot of these seltzers that um, we call it loading it up. And uh, you take a sip of it, and then maybe you pour some Tito's a floater, on top. Maybe a floater, yeah, a little, right floater, there, a little yeah. floater in there. Yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. What about so you know we just we got just out of, came off dry January. We just off dry January. Well, just off of we're not just, yeah, but yes, yes, it's, it's still top of mind yeah, for somebody who people. didn't drink because once <laughs> right. you get back on the bandwagon, you forget your high January real fast. But um, you know, so dry January, it, it's a trend, right? It, it grows yes. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so. I remember seeing an ad or, or hearing about a clever way you guys uh, confronted that. So uh, talk about Dry January a little bit. Oh, so Dry January was fun for us. Um, it is a growing trend that you see across the United States. Everybody takes January off from drinking, right, um, as a way of health and wellness. So we looked at it and we said, how can we still, as a vodka brand, stay top of mind? So instead of Dry January, we thought, what about DIY January, right? And who better to help us do this than Martha Stewart? So we're not a brand with celebrity spokespeople, but this was just, you know, right up Martha Stewart's alley. It was perfect. That and Snoop Dogg. Oh, and and Snoop Dogg. We can talk about that. Maybe she got Snoop with a bottle of Tito's tattooed on her body. (laughs) Oh, it was funny because, you know, he went and on his social channels, he um, reposted everything that Martha was doing with our vodka bottle. I mean... She had used the bottle as a meat cleaver. Um, we made different tops that screwed onto the top of the bottle, like a spray top, to spritz some plants. Um, and Recycling at its finest, right? right? You're in that movement yep. right now, man. But all these tops that we created that screwed onto the bottle, different attachments, those sold out in under eight hours on our web store. Okay? <laughs> like, this was, at a, this was a joke that we came up with. Right. And... We sold Just out all legs. of those. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And it got shared on social media channels more than anything that I've ever seen. It was incredible, the reach that this ad had. Yeah. I mean, again, you're talking about <clears throat> up, upcycling, they call it. It's yep. not recycling. It's upcycling because right. you're taking a product and me is something else. So you're checking off a box of the current generation. Uh, you're you a product that's going to become a social media phenomenon, which is more powerful than marketing when you do it right. right. And you're talking somebody who pretty much was in our gen- our generation was in jail that all of a right. sudden has reinvented herself as a hip hop loving weed loving alcohol redoer i mean it's unbe- it's an unbelievable story and i think you're right it fits the brand and i don't think anyone thought of her as a spokesperson at that point it was oh, more yeah. like a partnership and that she is an authentic person. I mean, again, yes. like you look at her and Snoopy, like, you guys really, really love each other. This is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it's a little irreverence cool. going on there. But uh, yeah, hey, it was just fun. We, we looked at it and we thought, shoot, no other, no other brand could be able to pull this off. Basically, telling everyone not to drink your product for an entire month. Yeah. Um, but we did it, and it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about some other markets you've hit that uh, maybe are. I don't know if they're more mainstream, but you've you've done a lot with the PGA Tour and uh, you know the golf community. And and trust me, I know, boy, some of my guys started uh, getting deep into the transfusions on the golf course. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I think, I think that of- was big starting. A, you know, definitely last summer it was. They probably started a couple years ago, but last year it seemed like every time a couple of us were out there playing, it was that, like and that's and that's drink the, the transfusion <laughs> that, halfway through the round. That's a great point because I I can't tell if it's because that's the way I play golf. Where yeah. if I don't have a drink in my hand, I feel just icky. I feel weird. Uh, but I always thought it was an underutilized place that people didn't spend enough resources on going after golfers. Because oh, yeah. most of the people that I play with, 
are not going for their best score every time. Yeah. They're going because they get away for four and a half hours and they get to go completely escape in the woods. And what better to do that than a couple of cocktails? Oh, yeah. Um, so we announced our PGA partnership. Uh, we have a multi-year agreement with them last year. And instead of doing just a you know standard press release like most everybody else does, we thought, what could be something fun to announce our partnership with PGA? So we invited a few PGA golfers down to Butler Pitch and Putt in Austin, Texas. Okay. Little pitch and putt course, um, executive course that people yeah. like to call it. Uh, and it not was ma- fun. Not maintained the same way they, the not courses they play. Not maintained the same uh, way as uh, a couple here in Georgia, <laughs> right? Especially out in Augusta. Um, but we brought them out down to Austin, Texas, put Tito's cocktails in their hand, and had them play around a golf. And they played around... Um, called wolf i think was the game yep where you hit a shot if it's really good then you can go alone versus the other golfers and they all played um for a purse that tito's put up for their respective charities cool so you had a bunch of professional golfers um out there that your average joe you know the course that your average joe usually is playing you had these guys out there tearing it up yeah. literally uh, you should watch the video they were tearing it up that's great. And again, that's that PR stunt, man. That's not something <clears throat> you can fake. That is something they probably were drinking. They probably had a lot of fun, fun. and it probably became just in, in itself this content that you couldn't capture if you tried to videotape it. Oh, you no. had to well, be saw these guys as real people because they couldn't wear shorts, you know, on tour, you know, back at that point. Oh, um, yeah. And so now they're they're out there doing what I do. I yeah. can't hit it like them. <clears throat> But I can have fun like them. I oh, wonder if they drinking. play golf the same way I do, where at one to six drinks, I'm amazing. At four to six, I become the best golfer in the world. Once I go over six, it all goes downhill. So if they could find that way to keeping that four to six drinks in your blood at any time, that's that's golfing. Uh, I wonder if it's the same for them. I don't know. I think you should call John Daly about that one. Oh, no. Oh. John Daly lives at 10 to 12. That's, that's his range. He doubles my range to go for yeah. it. Yeah, that, and, th- and those are a lot of national programs. So let's bring this to Atlanta where the audience is. Let's talk about some things happening here. This is an interesting, I think, the state since as Tito's has grown, and Austin is one of those cities that has grown immensely in popularity, yeah. but so is Atlanta. And I, I, every single spirit brand that we interact with, and on the marketing side, we interact with a lot of them, this is a target market. This is one of the bigger target markets in the country with room to grow. I know Corona, mm-hmm. this is their number two market in America, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. Wow. Um, so so talk about a little bit what you're doing locally, what you've seen here, how quick we've been to adopt the trend. Does the Texas help in Georgia? Um, talk a little bit about let's localize this. Oh, goodness. Um, we do really well in the state of Georgia, especially up here in Atlanta. Um, you mentioned down in Savannah a little bit on River Street. You can find Tito's Handmade Vodka in every bar down there. Um, we do really well. But again, that's a tourist city. But up here in Atlanta, we do a lot of charity work, which is wonderful. Um, that's one thing that I mentioned earlier. Anybody that needs help, that's a legitimate 501c3, can reach out to our brand. And Tito's philosophy on it is say yes. He wants to help anyone and everyone. So we've gotten to do a lot of wonderful charitable partnerships and events throughout Georgia. Um, we've got a few coming up. There's one up in Alpharetta called Shamrockin'. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know if you've been up there. So Shamrockin' for your cure, um, a wonderful event that takes place at the amphitheater up there. And, um, you know, we, it's we for cystic fibrosis. Yeah. It's a, you know, started by a good friend of mine, and uh, so yeah, it's a, just a fantastic event. So yeah, we've I'm helped them to... out for a few years. It's wonderful to do stuff like that. Yeah, 
Um, and then you have every Vodka for Dog People event that we've got going on. But we've also done some some really fun things um, that actually go along with this marketing podcast. Um, we partnered with Big Boy and rebranded his Stankonia Studios. Wow. Yeah, that was a, uh, a big feather in my cap that I liked. Um, so he came out with a new record a few years ago called Boomiverse. And as I was listening to it, it had two different tracks on it that mentioned Tito's, right? Which is weird. Yeah. Okay. Because a few years ago, you didn't find us on the radio in rap songs sure. especially. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I want to do something fun for him. So I made a gift basket with some Tito's bottles, and one of the songs is called Chocolate on his tracks. Um, and I put some chocolate in the gift basket, got with um, his representative, Miss Lachey, and said, hey, can you please give him this gift basket? She said, oh, well, actually, he wants to meet you. Have you ever been over to Stankonia before? No. I'm yeah. from Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. I'm, uh, you know, a white guy from Columbus, 175 pounds soaking wet, like, Stankonia is yeah. not somewhere that I have been before, right? So I go over there, check out the recording studio, and all of a sudden I think, wow, this would be really cool if we rebranded this back bar area, right? Another brand had set up some stuff there years prior, and I talked to my marketing team. They said, this sounds wonderful. So we flew a team in from California, and we made the inside of Stankonia Studios a Tito's Lounge. So I'm talking copper wow. bar top, um, bottles on the back bar. We painted the whole place. Um, we had a special Tito's print that we put on the walls. It looks incredible in there. And they do a fun thing called New Music Mondays each Monday okay. where they have different DJs from around the city come out. And it was a different audience that was able to come in and see our brand sure. that weren't really familiar with it. Um, it worked out really well for us because this was a year before the Super Bowl was held here in Atlanta. And then we used that venue to host a Super Bowl party with Big Boy. Cool. And I'm talking A-list celebrities, football players, everybody that was in town came out. Gronk and, probably. And, uh, uh, no, no <laughs> Gronk, but we had, we had some really cool everyone. players out there. And it was, it was a lot of fun because we threw the party together in about six days. And I still have people tell me, that was one of the coolest Super Bowl parties that we attended when we were in Atlanta. But it was nice to have yeah. your own venue that was yeah. Tito's branded. And I think That's the neat. smart thing you did there was you went after, a, a, you used a natural influencer channel yeah. to create a relationship with an audience who you otherwise would not be going after. Correct. Right? In a market that is very, very heavily African-American and the culture surrounding it. And you found the godfather of Atlanta rap, yep. one of the two yeah. between him and, and, and Andre, right. uh, and were able to infiltrate that culture by simply saying a gift basket, let's call it what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, one, the, the gumption, but the, the smarts for you to be able to start the relationship way way. But you know, that, that is, again, when you talk about old school marketing and, and how you did it, that, that level of infiltration is something you cannot imitate. You just took a, you took a shot, the things worked yep. in your favor and you were prepared to bounce with the luck that you were handed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they also, they really liked the brand. So, I mean, it was genuine. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it was really, really cool and it worked out for us. Yeah, cool. that's awesome. Well, um, you know, some other stories on those same lines. Uh, you've done a little bit of the barbershop talk program. You want to oh, yeah. kind of get into shop. that? Yeah. Oh, this was good. Um, so Artie De Los Santos is a coworker of mine. Um, he now helps manage the multicultural market for Georgia and South Carolina. 
and he moved down from New York right after COVID. Um, this was his brainchild. He explained to me that in his world, um, the barber shop is used for connecting with people, sure. um, mentorship, etc. Sure. And he said, "Well, how can we get people that maybe go in on a Monday that might be an attorney, for example, to talk to the college student?" that wants to go to law school that may be there on a Thursday, right? The bartender is your guy that can connect them. So let's throw an event for networking, wrap a Tito's bow around it, see if we can tie in a little bit of charity and throw it at a barber shop here in Atlanta. So we got to thinking, who do we know that has some barber shops? Well, through my connection with Big Boy, I was able to meet an Atlanta legend, Killer Mike. And we sat down um, at his friend's house. Artie and I talked to him and we said, hey, here's our idea. What if we bring everybody together at your barbershops, we partner with some local Atlanta charities, and we have this networking event. And Killer Mike, and he'll tell you straight up, he goes, my passion is helping young black men in Atlanta. Yes. And he will tell you that on, you know, Every television show he's on. But it on. comes through. Like, but it comes people through. People have passion. If you he's watch his interviews, genuine. if you yes. watch his interviews, what he says, yes. I mean, he gets very animated at the lack of progress in which he's seen and does a lot of things to give back. So that is not a talking point. That is one. But he's also, and I've, I've met him a couple of times, he's very approachable. Yes. Uh, and he is very much believes that this, and one of the, I remember I was joking with him. He was walking in here and they had the, uh, the, the half pipe or the ramp set up for snowboarding. Okay. And I go, Mike, why are you setting up a, a barbershop at the whitest sport in the history of mankind? <laughs> and he goes, black barbershops are for everyone, bro. And he kind of walked away. Yeah. And, and, then that, and, and it was such a natural interaction. But the point is, is that the stigma is, is, is the, the especially in New York, in Harlem, it was the black barbershop. It was right. the guys getting their hair cut. And then they were mentors and they were kids and they had to escape the hood. They, 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 so, but he's very much like, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be for everybody. Correct. So while his goal is to bring black youth out of, and in, out of these things and out of poverty, he is very diverse in who he goes after, targets. And man, I mean, if you look at Run the Jewels, that is one of the most diverse audience of listeners yeah. on earth. Correct. Uh, and Trip, if you have not been to a Run the Jewels show where the subwoofer is 38 feet tall yeah. and blasts your face off, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was good. So uh, after talking with Killer Mike, we partnered on two charities. Uh, the Georgia Building Trade Academy and Next Level Boys Academy. We went down to his barber shop, um, and we threw a party. You know, we had, gosh, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people come out. We raised a bunch of money for these great organizations, um, and it's something that we've now done twice. So hopefully, we've got the uh, third event coming up next year. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, yeah. and all these stories, you know there have been a lot of imitators that have come in yes. and have stolen the Texas vodka. Talk about, in the, in the last two minutes yeah. or so of this segment, talk about the plans. Do they bother you? Are they something that you guys just ignore? Talk about the competitors, the fakers, and how you, the posers, if you will, and how you <laughs> handle those guys. Oh, goodness. Um, once you're the number one brand, everybody wants to come after you, right? We've seen a lot of vodkas pop up in Austin, Texas. If you take a shot at the King, you better not miss. <laughs> Stealing from Mr. Benning or on the Braves Radio Network. But everybody, you know, we're genuine. We've, since day one, 25 years ago, Tito said, you know, vodka is just my widget that I can use to be a philanthropist and help people. And he lets all of his salespeople in every state in the market go out, 
pick out your different 501c3 charities and just be genuine and help people. Yeah. And we make one product really, really well. Right. You know who you are. Yeah. You know what you're not. That's it. We make a filet mignon at a pot roast price and we're going to stick to vodka flavored vodka um, right there in Austin, Texas. That localization has to help too, because if you can market to your state with authentic things to your state, then you feel more local. And it feels like it might not just be Texas. Because, you know, I know New Yorkers and Texans don't like each other. They drink the crap out of Tito's in New York. So someone's doing something <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and I think that's uh, it's just a great lesson of, you know, everyone wants to follow. I call them fads. You know, mm-hmm. Trends are one thing, fads are another. And I think that, uh, you know, Tito's has followed their um, their strategy and what the, the authentic message is. So uh, when we come back uh, from the break, though, we do want to talk a little bit about not fads, but maybe some trends, some things that you see that are happening now that we're in a post-COVID world. And uh, how might that play out with Tito's as well? So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Today we're with, with Mr. Theo Hall talking about Tito's handmade vodka uh, and the spirits industry as a whole. If you do enjoy this content, please like, subscribe. We put lots of content out there. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. Um, send us a note. Tell us what you want to hear talk about. Tell us if you want to be on the show. Um, we do this for a reason. And honestly, we love having conversations like this. There are some brands that have just figured it out, right? And I'm not saying you can imitate them, but there's always benefit to learning from them. Um, so on that note, Theo, let's talk about some trends. Take yourself out of the Tito's shoes and let's go into uh, market-wide and industry trends. You know, I've heard a lot about um, the millennials and younger generations uh, staying off booze a little bit. Um, I know that the legalization of marijuana yeah. across the country has changed how people consume. Um, what trends are you seeing in the industry? What are you on the lookout for? And what do you see the next couple of years looking like? Oh, uh, one thing that I'm seeing in some of my national accounts are non-alcoholic cocktails on the menu. Okay. Right. And when it um, makes it to national, because I've seen them locally, yeah. but when it makes it to national oh, yeah. and the demand is on that level, if freaking Applebee's is doing it, you know that this is going to have some adoption. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it helps me out because I can do my little just add Tito's tag at the bottom of that. Um, so it's a, a, a way for me to put vodka in there. But there are a lot of people that don't want to drink when they go out with their family, right? So right. if you're out with your kids and you still want a fun, fruity cocktail with no booze, um, there's a lot of non-out cocktails that are making their way onto menus. And I think it's a wonderful trend. Um, it's still a great way to have some mixology involved for the bartender, right? Um, and there's some really good cocktails that people yeah. are coming up with, too. Right. I've gotten to try them all, and uh, they're really, really good. Well, Restaurants I, I, I'm imagining that mm-hmm. in, at times, too, some of them may be, okay, well, here's something the kid can drink to be like mom or dad, but it's not an alcoholic versus the days when we were coming up and you know Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Oh, I thought oh you were going to talk God. about. Yes. I thought you were going to talk about yeah. candy cigarettes. Yeah, no. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, does, yeah, but, but I also yeah. think the restaurants but, love them because all that's where your margins are, right? Correct. One of the biggest things during yeah. COVID was when you do takeout, you don't have your margins on booze. So now all of a sudden, if you're not even using the booze and you're using these greens to make these mocktails, if you will, yeah. there's yeah. margins there like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just a diet coke that they're ordering. Yeah. Um, they can get a little bit of extra money out of it. You know, they're not charging the same price as a full cocktail. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, if a, a Diet Coke, we'll call it three bucks, maybe they can charge $5 for one of these 
mixology, non-alcoholic cocktails. Yeah, yeah that's well, great. So what other things that you're seeing out there? Um, so maybe more on the, uh, you know, I think you talked about it before. There was the uh, brown liquor kind of, uh, you know, wave. Now, right. where where are you seeing things today? And uh, and maybe even, you know, intermixing. You know, with um, obviously Tito's is is staying true to its core. But what are you seeing out there in the spirits world? Yeah. Um, like I said, in the off-premise, seltzers are popular, but you're seeing a lot of tequila. So tequila is the hot brand that's on right now. After, you know, Randy Gerber and George Clooney sold Casamigos for a billion dollars, yeah. that made waves in the industry. And you're going to see a lot of celebrities create their own tequila companies. Um, the Rock has his own tequila. Uh, the guys from Breaking Bad have their own tequila. Dos Hombres, I think, is what yeah. it's called. Um, but you're going to see a whole lot more tequila brands popping up um, a lot of them do a really good job too there's some yeah. pretty tasty tequilas out there but you got to be well funded for tequila one to source the product the real blue agave product from mexico yeah. one i heard the supply chains were all broken that they just they're not making enough agave so it's not something like a vodka that is pretty easily to distill there's a lot of variables involved in tito in, in making tequila so you have to be well funded to start a tequila right. company well, and one of the things, too, maybe you can talk a little bit about packaging and bottling, because I think, you know, when you talk about tequila, one of the things I noticed, a lot of times it comes down to packaging and people really put, whether it's the shape of the bottle, uniqueness, uh, a lot of um, thought into that. I would say bourbon, to, bourbon, too, just some yeah, capacity. Bourbon, yeah. the, the, cheap, the more expensive the bottle is, the more artwork that they right. put into the... But when you look at vodka in general and you look at Tito's, it tends to be more consistent, but the Tito stories with the copper... You know, <laughs> top and a few others. How how do you think about that, and what do you see? Oh gosh, well I'll talk about Tito's first on this one, but I, I've got some pretty good thoughts on it. So, when Tito started, he wanted to just use a cheap recycled glass bottle, as cheap as it could come, right? So when you look at our bottle, there's no frills. It's mm -hmm. not frosted. It's just the same recycled bottle that it started in day one. Um, other brands try to make their bottle look fancy but then that leads the price to go up, right? And we wanna be a fair price for everybody. So that's what you see with the Tito's Handmade Vodka Bottle. Now for your point with tequila brands, some of those bottles are incredible. I've seen some shaped like skulls, mm -hmm. um, you know, different, I've seen a race car bottle of a tequila yeah. before. Um, some of those are kind of neat, but to your point, yeah, you see really expensive tequilas coming in some really ornate bottles. And I think, like you said, that's all about the marketing behind it. It's about the marketing because I think a lot of people don't understand the different gradients of tequila. And so you're not really sure what you're going to get inside of it. So you create the view on the outside, which I think the beauty, too, is I didn't realize it was the original bottle. But it's clear. It's pure. What you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you buy tequila... A, a, a expensive bottle of tequila, it's usually tied to an occasion, yes. right? But <clears throat> that's not what you drink regularly, right? You have you have Tito's. That's what it goes through. Like every two weekends, you're buying a new bottle of it. And it, it is <laughs> – and the, the, the point isn't that it's the rail beverage, but the point is is that when you are drinking something like that and you're looking at the bottle all the time, is the bottle really as important? As yeah. opposed to when you rip out that bottle of tequila for a graduation or something like that. Right. You're having that very special moment. Because I promise you, the one thing I know to be true, the nicer the bottle is – the less thought that was put on the product itself that goes into it. Because when you have good product, you don't need fancy bottles. I mean, it's just at its core. Um, you know, you look, sometimes when you look at some of the very rare bourbons when you're charging three, $400 per, you can understand it a little bit. Um, but, you know, at its core, when you are drinking something that is on your liquor shelf or on your bar all the time, how often are you really staring at that bottle and going, wow. 
as I grab this drink on a Friday after a hard week of work, that tapestry work is just changing my life. It doesn't happen that often. So I appreciate the value proposition. Uh, I think it's also a, a, another barrier to entry, right? If you want to yeah. come in, fight the battle, you got to charge more. And if you charge more for, for a worse product, you're never going to win. So I think it's smart strategy, but I also think it fits the authentic, authenticity of the brand. Mm -hmm. What else you got? What else, what else are we seeing as far as um, the next couple of years? Uh, you know, I think that bars and restaurants are continuing to grow. I think you're going to see some uh, consolidation and some of them close and that footprint close a little. My honest opinion is, is that there's too many restaurants anyway and they're too expensive. Um, but what, what do you see there? Do you see bars continuing to grow? Do you see kind of this, you know, this uh, underground urban layer speakeasy? What do you see there in, in trend-wise? Oh, gosh, especially here in Georgia. I know there are hundreds of bars slated to open this year. Um, it's kind of cyclical, right? As one closes, somebody else comes in and tries a new concept. So there's always some closing, always some opening, right? Um, I think with everybody, like I mentioned previously, people were stuck at home for a year. Our numbers that I can tell you right now are back to pre-COVID levels. So people are back out in restaurants for and sure. bars mm -hmm. drinking. So I see a lot more places opening, uh, especially as Atlanta is growing. And yeah, I, I don't think there's any downside to the restaurant industry right now. I, I only see positive growth for the next five years. And is that in Atlanta or national? And one of the things, people are moving here in droves. Right. Atlanta, and if you look at it, ironically, there's demographics. to this day, I've been in Atlanta for eight years. There are sometimes I eat meals, and it is less expensive than when I was eating in D.C. eight years ago. Yeah. Because those, part, those market fluctuations and those prices are very real things. Yeah. So do you see it as an Atlanta thing, or do you think nationwide that you're going to see this boom of just restaurants and bars opening? No, I think it's a nationwide thing. I think people are happy to get back out there. And I definitely see this as a nationwide trend for restaurants to be opening back up. And that entertainment, yeah. right? That's where you're going out yes. for. Yeah. The, the amount of restaurants opening that have a DJ spinning. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I thought that had gone away and it's coming back. Like you had to think like yeah. you're on the coast of Ibiza yeah. when you're or sitting there at a restaurant. You're competing for time. And yep. so, I mean, that's uh, that's really what With a lot about. of other people these days that, yeah. that, that, that you know, that um, entertainment venues, the top golfs of the world, the fairway socials, yeah. uh, those will boom because those are just money, right. make, money makers. Right. And I think that's, uh, you know, an area where Tito's has done a nice job and I think you'll continue to do well. And um, Theo, we really appreciate you joining us today and giving us a little bit of the backstory about Tito's. So uh, as we um, move on, we'll uh, do some more here later this uh, season. So. Um, with that, you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be back next week. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. 
Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 